This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It all started when a Russian from New Jersey and a hipster from Brooklyn were trapped indoors during a global pandemic. The Vision, the Star Citizen podcast to rule them all. As time went on, the duo recorded more and more episodes, picked up another co-host along the way. What started at just readcast has become the global sensation known today to listeners as Citizen Cast. Wait, do you, you didn't record this? It is recording, Jekyll. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Trying to start the episode. <laughs> Captain Density over here. Citizens of the Verse, today is April 27th, 2953, and welcome to the 100th episode of Citizen Cast. We're a Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and tonight I'm joined by the OG co host himself, Mr. Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello, everybody. And the man who weaseled his way onto the show and into our hearts, say hello, Seagard. Hello, Seagard. <laughs> okay, who are you, uh, uh, <laughs> Zin? Uh, from, uh, whatchamacallit? Um, That's it. Max Headroom. I can't remember. That's anyway, so as I mentioned, this is the 100th episode, and, and something a little bit different, I think we mentioned last week, for those who didn't listen, uh, we're recording this with a live audience today. Uh, hence why you're gonna, you heard Chekhov kind of being yeah. confused <laughs> um, last week. It is our hundredth episode. Uh, a few stats for you uh, folks who do not, uh, you know, who want to know more. Our average um, uh, plays per episode is up to seven hundred and eighty-six. We have thirteen episodes that have hit over a thousand listens. We are just shy of sixty thousand episode uh, plays, rather, uh, with fifty-nine thousand three hundred and thirty-four plays thus far. Uh, that number of plays, I think I mentioned this, I can't remember if it was on the show or if it was in ch- chat or something, but uh, we had 30,000 plays from the start of the show to June of last year. Um, from June of last year to now, we've had 30,000 plays. So um, it's pretty impressive, the growth, and I, I owe that to everybody uh, who's a part of the show and everyone who listens. So thank you very much. Uh, so I think for starters... Uh, I had requested from our listeners some uh, sound bites, essentially, so that we could uh, talk a little bit more about, or we could play some highlights from the previous episodes. So I thought that would be a good way to start things off. And the first one was oh, submitted it, it, to it, what? We got to do one more thing. What? We got to we got to recognize and thank our massive audience. We have 118 people listening. Of course, there's only 11, or there's only nine of us, but there's nine AI for every one of us. So there we go. 
but like, I was really confused all... by that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about thousands and thousands, and that went down to one eighteen. We should have stopped with we I think that's the number of people in our yeah. Discord. Yes. No, yeah. I bet on our call right now. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. like the we've got seven the... active listeners, but people yeah, plus three of that. ourselves. Yeah, so yeah, that's I'm... right. Plus, you have nine for every one of us in the Robert Space Industry model. Nice. There you go. So thank you uh, for joining way, us live. By the way, Crash Danger, I have to say, Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies, so I love your uh, your icon there. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, and just so everybody knows, I'm not monitoring chat per se, so if you did want to comment on something, just raise your hand because I have the request to speak. If anyone else... If one of you guys could monitor chat, that would be helpful. Okay. But I, I thought we'd start off by playing some clips from the old episodes. The first one is coming to us from, um, it's essentially our first episode. Uh, and those who are familiar with the clip will find it kind of funny. Uh, this will be unedited this time, so uh, I will have to make this a uh, explicit uh -oh. episode. But uh, let's take it away. Very likely some level of static server meshing. Because yeah. that'll be another, how many planets? I think it's four or five planets in um, Pyro. And then, what on earth yeah. is that, Chekhov? What is wow. that? Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I, you, you don't want to know. It's an in-game. Somebody's screaming at me. Why did I park the ship in his hangar? He's actually running around. <laughs> see this is live podcast you know you know we're in the game i couldn't fake it you know <laughs> this is great i love it oh my goodness was it your hanger or his no it's my hanger just uh, he's my, just being yeah. a weirdo or yeah he exactly. it's actually yours <laughs> So that, that was from was our cool. first ever episode. <laughs> that was when I had to learn how to Doody blur doody. out sounds because we were not allowed to have explicit things when it was called Readcast. So I loved that one. It just, every time I think about it, it makes me crack up. You, you know, he stripped naked and was trying to get on board. <laughs> yeah, you don't, I remember that. Um, that uh, Admiral Cody uh, wanted us to play that one. The okay, uh, second audio clip was chosen by CN Fries. It was during the episode Fleet Week Madness, and it was just some Nova Tank fun that we were having. Because if you look at bounty hunting, oh, uh oh, my tank got stuck on its roof, and I tried to exit my seat, and instead I fell through the tank geometry, and now. <gasps> Oh, don't fall on me, Tank. Don't fall on me. Uh, and it's flipping over because of the storm. <laughs> it literally just flipped back over. Oh, no, it's rolling without me. It's rolling without me. <laughs> I'm literally chasing my tank. <laughs> this is weird. Oh, it stopped. Okay. Um, but, yeah, super cool stuff. I'm yeah. so excited. Uh, it... <laughs> so... Um, I don't remember that, so thank you, Sam, for pointing it out. What, what were you so excited about? The tank rolling over? No, I was I was scared by it. Oh. No, it was just crazy things happening with the tank. I was like, no. I've been chased um, by a tank before. Since then, I've stopped playing the game while I record uh, so that I'm as present as can be. Uh, oh, I never do that. Sometimes. I'm playing it as we speak and making money. Of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> uh, well, I guess I wouldn't, and 
Seagard doesn't, but that's okay. Uh, Canuck sent us this one. It was an episode he was a part of uh, called Double Stuffed Calip- Cal- uh, Double Stuffed Caterpillar of an Episode. Um, I'm not 100% sure why he suggested this one, and also I discovered that the timestamps are harder to navigate uh, when, uh, for instance, uh, the way I used to produce the episodes was different than I do today, so we now play the music and we can hear it, and it's part of the recording. Whereas before, it was it would play before the recording, and then the recording plays. So I, it was hard for me to find this timestamp, but I think I found the right spot by, you know, deducing a minute and 17 seconds, or deducting it, I should say. So this is the clip. Uh, well, yeah, you know, exactly. kept, you know, They kept talking about, uh, I think it was the young guy with the <laughs> who said, somewhere on somebody's hard drive, somewhere at CIG, there is motion cap of somebody pooping. And um, that, that makes me sad. Because <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that they turn that, that the whole toilet uh, thing into like a passive kind of, oh, there's a toilet on your ship, therefore your hygiene is good kind of thing. As opposed to an active, yeah. you know, interact kind of thing. But we'll see. But then, you know, yeah. do Babbage and all that, and then of course the the uh, the other thing featured in that episode was a regular guest in the episode besides Canuck. Uh, Chekhov's son used to uh, be a regular guest in the background of our episodes, um, so <laughs> and sometimes guess. he wasn't saying nice things. <laughs> um, Wait, are we playing that? I just played it. You didn't hear him talking in the background. Check, check. Oh, uh, oh, I missed it. This right, is I'll... this is classic. Check. I'll do. I'll do it offline. I'll, you'll, <laughs> okay. Okay. You'll listen to it the other time. Uh, S. Gateman actually requested something relatively recently. It was the Space Realtors episode, and I believe this was the episode where. Uh, well, I know it's the episode where our dear friend Seagard was uh, having a conversation with himself. Um, and it did shed some light on some interesting stuff. Uh, but what do you think? Seagard, so sorry, but I'm just messaged you. I had to run to the bathroom. Oh, so okay, okay. okay. So I, I literally, I literally just arrived back. <laughs> I, 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 I come back to. So what do you? Think? <laughs> I messaged you in the chat. <laughs> So I was like, I was like, if I do not act fast, I'm gonna have to find an alternate <laughs> method. I'm looking at the models on my desk. Yeah. So, <laughs> my bladder was yeah. was taut. <laughs> yeah, well, you missed it. It was a speech of a lifetime. It's blithering as you. But anyway, it, it... <laughs> I was laughing as hard this time as I was last time. Toilet <laughs> on a carrick. <laughs> yes, I do, but uh, my toilet's in my... I have a toilet in my bedroom, luckily, or else it would have been bad. Mm. I mean, not in my bedroom, in my bathroom, in my bedroom. But um, still, I mean, it was like one of those comedic timings where, you know, someone's checked out, and then all of a sudden they ask, so what about you? Uh, except I had to go to the bathroom. Um, the The following three I selected just because of my memories uh for those who ask for like reels of me you know having a gummy hit or the number the times when Chekhov 
wasn't uh, listening and said, what was the question? I just did not have time to hunt those down without any um, timestamps. So what do you mean? They're like every 10 minutes, every episode. I could, you know how many episodes I scoured through? And I always look for it, you know, the sections where it's the user questions. So, you know, it's near the end of the episode or the listener questions. So, you know, it's near the end of the episode and I couldn't find any. Wow. Um, maybe next, next, uh, the 200th episode, we'll, we'll, I'll scour some of those up. We could probably play one from this one since there was a little bit of confusion. Uh, but the first one is, uh, from an episode, uh, called, uh, reclaiming my gravity, which is, I think the third episode. And it's simply, uh, it'll give you two things. One is you'll hear the original intros that we used to have. Um, but also, uh, it's Seagard's first appearance on the show as a guest host. Dope. citizens to the third episode of readcast we're a star citizen podcast sponsored by the read organization i'm joined by the ever incomparable the always russian and oftentimes willing to shoot you in the head to get you out of your rock Chekhov. say hello Chekhov. hello everyone how are you today so uh without further ado check your fuel levels retract your landing gear and let's get this show into quantum drive We've got a jam-packed show for you today, and uh, we also have our first ever special guest. Uh, he's a member of Reed, along with us, um, and he's the always helpful, ever kind, Seaguard Wolves. Welcome to the show, Seaguard. Tell our listeners about yourself, and please include your favorite ship and your current favorite activity to play in the game. All right. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah. Been, been with Star Citizen for quite a while, I think since 2013. Um, so I've been around. I've got a few ships, but I would say <laughs> a few, my, a few, yeah, a few, more than one, less than a million. Uh, I would say, you know, I really like the uh, a Re- Reliant Core. It, it, no one will believe that, but I really do. Um, and, and the Tana also. Um, uh I'm just surprised that he didn't say uh, Aurora. I started uh, because, to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I <laughs> you know, or it was like, <laughs> especially now. So, um, but yeah, you were our first ever guest and now you're a regular. I think uh, I'm this one of the one... few people that we know that actually has one and not only one, but I have like all of them. Yeah. I think <laughs> it was out of respect for me because I'm, I'm allergic to Aurora. Yeah. <laughs> you had one when I first met you. I know. That's why I'm allergic to it. That's the only thing I had for months. <laughs> <laughs> the floating brick. <laughs> um, next up is uh, an episode called Happy Stella Fortuna. It was the first episode that you were actually uh, a regular host. Uh, so you got ah. I didn't necessarily choose it for that. And that just so happened to be the case. Uh, I chose it for what? what followed after the intro, which was very similar to our experience uh, 10 minutes ago. 
Citizens of the Verse, today is March 16th, 2951, and welcome to another episode of Readcast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too O'Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Not-So-Much-A-Mick, but his accent is thick, Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Did you say hello? I didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, so yes, I, I said hello now. Uh, I, I didn't know. Oh, is this? Uh, I forgot to have said Paris Day. That's why. Yeah. That's what did that. you think it was? I just had a show. Oh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm just like, I was going to say, is he okay? Are we, like, should we go on with the podcast? <laughs> um, we're also joined by our third co host at this point, Seaguard. Welcome back, Seaguard. <laughs> dredging the bottom of the tank again <laughs> oh stop it I like it don't be so mean <laughs> so very similar to what you all heard earlier with uh, with Chekhov being very confused that we actually started the podcast right um, <laughs> even though I said we are starting the podcast <laughs> And then uh, the final one I chose was actually just the relaunch of uh, Citizen Cast or the launch of Citizen Cast versus uh, Reed. And it, it's an episode called It's Not the Size of Your Game Package That Counts. Oh, I did this um, one. As you notice, this is when the new theme song came out. Cody wrote it without even being asked. Citizens of the Verse. Today is December 14th, 2951, and welcome to a rebranded Readcast, now called CitizenCast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in game and its develop in the game and its development. Uh, I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I promise we have not replaced my co-hosts, Seaguard or Chekhov. Um, unfortunately, Seaguard's in Connecticut and has bad internet. Uh, and Chekhov is currently in Dubai, where I am convinced he's trying to take it over. Um, luckily, we do have a few former hosts of Lumalia's past here to, to help out uh, and create a great episode this night. Uh, back again after doing a great job last week, we have Jim Ramar. Welcome back, Jim. Thank you. Uh, and also joining us again for his fifth time that we've been able to publish... Um, if you're hearing this, Canuck2099. Welcome back, Canuck. Hello, everybody. <laughs> he loves to do his his checkoff uh, impersonation. Now, before we get into business, I wanted to address the giant space elephant in the room. You'll notice our sudden rebrand and retitling. Um, unfortunately, after three years as an org, uh, Reed was suddenly dissolved last week. Uh, since we loved the show so much, obviously we had to carry it on. Um, but now it is org agnostic, which means we can have more guests, including you, Mr. Kilgore. Um, yeah, so just to address that, uh, while none of us really quite know why our founder Techno dissolved the org, I wanted to take the time to acknowledge the vision and the effort uh, to bring together so many great players in the verse um, because he really did compile a, a really great group of people. All right. So that's the last of the clips. 
Um, but I thought some of those were pretty good. Thanks for everyone who submitted them. Uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on this week. So uh, today, actually, for those who caught it, there was essentially a wonderful episode of Inside Star Citizen. Hard to describe. It's mostly, uh, I would say, uh, you know, a visual episode, but it was essentially the entire or a, a lot of shots of, of the new Lorville. Um, and I think a few major things that they changed about it. Um, one, they expanded the city, made it bigger. The buildings are, you know, normal height now so that they could actually have interiors. The windows are normal sizes. They use the new window tech. They um, made it look more city-like in terms of the structure <clears throat> of the city. Uh, a lot better vistas um, and more interesting and engaging. It's still it, it, now you could see a, a lot of different types of districts where you could see where the wealthy people are and then some of the more industrial areas. Um, and then uh, they included some trenches in there to fly through and some visually interesting things. I think the whole idea is once they start um, creating building interiors, we'll see a lot uh, of really interesting things come up. So uh, that was Inside Star Citizen uh, this week. Did you guys happen to get a chance to check it out? I know it happened, yeah, you know, hours I ago. Uh, what were your thoughts, Seagard? Well, I just want to know if anyone else saw the uh, pavilion, the glass pavilion with the trees inside. As they were I saw that in the leaks Discord. <laughs> yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. Oh, you the got anyone in the audience, raise your hands. Well. Yeah, I yield my time to the audience. <laughs> Have you been Sorry. watching C-SPAN, Chekhov? Yeah, if anyone yeah. wants to, <laughs> to react to the episode today, feel free to throw your hand up. We'll pull you in. Come on, don't be shy. It's a very shy audience. Oh, oh yeah, look at that. Amar, here we go. Hello. Hello, Hamar. How are we Hello. doing today? Doing good. good. Welcome Great. to the state. Well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, in the best interest of Chekhov, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what did you I, think of the <laughs> the Inside Star Citizen today? Um, honestly, I apologize. I didn't know that was the question. I didn't see it. <laughs> I've been in work from five until six thirty. That was perfect. Yeah, love so, that. Yeah, that was I've perfect. had a nice yeah. long thirteen-hour day. And uh, was unaware, nice. but you can ask me something else. I've got answers. Okay. Um, what? Why do you hate um, orgs so much? Well, it's the underlying <laughs> oh, philosophy of of a simulation that I don't like. I am bored. Uh, communism. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's uh, pure boredom gets me to do things that I think are funny. Borgs. He is there a orgs player. <laughs> <laughs> including <laughs> including inappropriate jokes. Uh, well, thank you, Hamar. We'll uh, we'll let you go for now. Yeah, no thanks worries, for your man. for your humorous input. Oh, we got two more. Yes, S. Oh. Gateman, come on down. Hello. Thank you Wait, for having I'm... me on the show. Of course. Thanks for joining us. All right. Well, I had I had two thoughts about the Inside Star Citizen today. First of all, I'm excited to hear that 3.8 3.19 is supposedly coming next month. 
but mm-hmm. also the uh, cityscape looks wonderful. And for the first time I've noticed, they finally showed some transitions from the original Lauraville or the current Lauraville to the upgraded mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And that's my, that's what I've been yelling at my screen for, for the past, every time I've showed it, I'm like, wow, that looks so great. But let me see how it compares to the old one. And the contrast is quite stark. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. a great insight. Did um, you, did you see the, uh, and this one's for Gateman. Did you see the, uh, the loading area um, for vehicles? Like they used to have it on that planet uh, they removed. Um, not Daymar. I did see um, there was a, like a, a loading area that said, there's a sign that said, turn lights on in bad weather or bad visibility. I'm not, is that what you're referring to? Well, you know the the plant that used to have the big mining hole in the ground that they used to have. You could go. You're talking up, about Levski. Levski, and you could go up on top, and they you could draw your vehicle and load it into your ship. And they had a very similar building with some vehicles parked out in front of it. Oh no, I did not see that. But that so I, if, if that makes it easier to load vehicles into a ship, that sounds great. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's out at one of the peripheries. So maybe they have like a periphery place you can draw your ship from and then just load it right there. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, at the very least, it looks like it's easier to land your ship at versus right. the ones we have today that are now, where of, did, uh, difficult. Where did you see this uh, sign, turn on your lights? I didn't catch that. I'll have to go back. It was in one of the tunnels. Oh, yeah. Like in one of the trenches, right? I want to say it was closer to the end. And yeah. it was around the time that they were talking about the smoggy atmosphere, I think. And I just happened to notice that there was like a tunnel going outside and it was, I mean, you couldn't see anything. Um, but there was a sign that said, please turn lights on in case of poor visibility. And I thought that was quite funny because I'm sure that they have poor visibility all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for your input, uh, Skateman. It's good to hear your okay. voice. Thank you. Uh, I think we should call Badger. He did one of those middle school things. He raised yeah, his he, hand. He raised his hand and then yeah. went back down. Yeah, yeah I saw I that we too. Should, we should pull him in. Here, I'm just going to pull him in. He doesn't have to raise his hand. I could just pull him in. Oh, oh well, I, he raised his hand. Now. Actually, I'm just in. I have to accept to anyways. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you could force me. Answer the questions. I know. I, I, I know. didn't watch the last one, but I, I did see the one before where they were talking about some of the uh, tech as far as the uh, the mission system. Well, the bionics, this the, the and the character being, oh, you know, oh. being able to modify your characters a little bit more. Um, I'm really just I, I keep hoping we're going to get some more uh, development in the mission types because. I think that's what's the one thing's really lacking. They have a lot of placement stuff, you know, but there's only so many bunkers and so many uh, 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 bounties you can take that are just kind of repetitive. You know, I want them to start adding some of those new features, like the new bunkers, the larger bunkers, uh, mm-hmm. the more complex mission in the bunker missions. I think that would be, uh, you know, it's nice to see the tech. It's nice to see the really nice features and, and, and the really pretty, but there's only so many times you can fly around in the, uh, you know, looking at nice things. And by the way, I'd like to yeah. point out that Haymar didn't even know you were on until I texted him. Because, uh, <laughs> the welcoming, the committee, the welcoming committee. That's you two. I mean, 
commissar. That's, uh, yeah. that's right. Morale yeah. officer. Yeah, the chief morale officer. <laughs> I'm trying to well, keep... love the game. They just, uh, you know, it's uh, we play it all the time, and I think we're a little bit, you know, OCD about it, and it just gets to be. Uh, uh, I want to see the more progression in the uh, uh, the missions. You know, it's great mm-hmm. to earn twenty million, but then what do you do with it if you can't yeah. develop? Uh, did you, um, did you just give it to me if you have a problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I do give it away a lot. Because, uh, you know, you outfit every one of your ships. Uh, the rep thing, I like building the reputation. I like building the, uh, uh, yeah. when they develop, you know, where you get harder missions. I just wish they yeah. weren't just the same mission, just more people. Uh, but, you know, maybe uh, take a guy alive and capture him or, or actually, but I, I know that those features are coming. Uh, but I wish they'd push more on the features and less on the, you know, the pretty landscapes. Um, yeah. So we can start filling those things out and then adding the, making it prettier as we progress. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Citizen Live had the the mission people on, right? This, this week. Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Badger. I am now he's kicking to... me off. Damn it. That's right. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And Tukey's there now. <laughs> yes, Tukey uh-huh. wanted to chat. Before that, uh, I know. Um, Lars reacted to the question in chat. He said, oh, yeah, it looks so good. And then I uh, followed up with, with the scale uh, buildings and factories coming in 319, I think we'll see a Siege of Orson-style event on Lorville next. Undoubtedly, Lars, I, I think so, or at least pretty soon after. Yeah. Uh, Tuki2D, come on down. Oh, snap. Howdy, howdy. Look at that. Tuki Tuki. How's it hey, going? Not bad. I, I had a I hadn't heard it said, but we also saw the bounty hunting district in Lorville. So it kind of feels like, you know, they're lowering the the draw distance or whatever, like how low you can mm-hmm. fly. It's like we're getting ready for for bounty hunting in the city, which has me very oh, excited. That's gonna be cool. Right? Because so. we did. We saw like the jails and Yep. But I think you're supposed to be doing like package drop offs and raids and stuff like drug deals on the on the platforms, right? On the, some of the landing pads and stuff. Are we? I think that's the idea is that you'll get a mission and it'll actually be on a skyscraper somewhere and you kind of enter through the top and you go in, you got to do something. You drop something off, pick something up, or steal something yeah. or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. the box, kind of the box <laughs> right. missions currently until they build out the yeah. interiors. Well, it was yeah. like two Inside Star Citizens ago, I want to say. And they had that moment where they walked through the white box of the jails. And that was in Lorville. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. combining it just got me excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks yeah. for, uh, thanks for, sure. for throwing thanks that for having me on. for us. Yeah. Of course. How's his joysticks working? Oh, I already <laughs> moved him out. <laughs> <laughs> I said the Sorry, I, I'm trigger happy. Wow. <laughs> um, it's good to be a king, huh? That's no, right. No. They were sitting here. <laughs> king of the castle. King of the castle. Um, so, uh, and then this week, the uh, uh, in, or Star Citizen Live is going to be with, um, I forgot his name already, but it's uh, going to be all about animations. So oh, cool. that's what we can expect tomorrow. Um, for Star Citizen Live. Uh, now, you know, we talked about 
I guess we, what we didn't do is talk about what we did this past week in the verse. Um, and I know we hung out quite a bit together. So, um, but check off, what have you been up to? Like, what are you currently doing to make money while, while you're recording this? I'm sitting in, in Jericho and just uh, making, making money. <laughs> making the money for Xeno <laughs> Yep, I'm just parked here watching everybody carrying boxes back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> but it was all about Xenothread this week. Uh, yeah. It was challenging, but it was, it was fun. It was okay. Yeah. Um, it's funny, uh, Sir Scruffy mentioned uh, in in game that we were uh, recording our hundredth episode, and I think he was trying to drum up some some additional listeners. But um, someone said to him, "Tell Citizen Cast to take out Xeno Threat." And <laughs> um, if uh, and the guy that has decided to put it in the PU. Uh, for those who don't know, I am a firm believer that as buggy as the game is. I don't care. Xenothreat is trying to pull more people in and get more metrics. And, uh, you know, CIG has said as such. So, uh, what about UC Guard? What have you been up to? Speaking of Xenothreat, <laughs> well, I did a bunch of stuff uh, with, uh, well, I did two bigger missions with Xenothreat, uh, different groups, uh, most of the year on the call. And that was, they were both fun. They were both a blast. Um, we did some, uh, we tried to take the, or we tried to position the Reclaimer to go in and do some salvaging, but I got taken out by one of our own Hammerheads, and, well, you were there for that one. Um, but yeah. we got the Hammerhead home, and, and everything was good. And then uh, I went out again. Uh, that was uh, Cheka. That was you, me, and who else was on there? Um, uh, Sir Scruffy was there. Flavius was there, I think. Um, Geeky, you were there for that one. That was yeah, fun. We, mm -hmm. Yeah, we did a little salvaging with Jendel, I think, but that did not work out well. Yeah. We went to prison, because we, we couldn't salvage <laughs> what was out there. So we had to actually kill the uh, Connie. And once we killed it, then, then uh, we salvaged. So you couldn't you couldn't salvage actual no, ships? No, no, there's nothing. They, you could only salvage the real ships, not the... Uh, the ones that are a part of the wreckage. Gotcha. So, but and I don't know. I ended up in prison. Gentle did. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I, I had the kill shot. Yeah. But that was fun. I mean, that was a lot of fun. And then I uh, obviously put together, uh, you know, the Chronicles of George Dumont for this week. So. Mm. Yes. I noticed it's a, it's a short one, huh? <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I know you may not even want to play it to the very, very end. So <laughs> no, we'll play it at the normal long. time. It's... We'll play it at the normal time. It's all right. Oh, wait, listen, this is the hundredth episode. They dropped the hot fix. When now? Yeah. Oh, uh, I got on one when I got today. on. Yeah, I got one when I loaded in. Or yeah, it was probably an hour and a half ago. It was there. Yeah, Lars oh. was saying they dropped a hot fix for Xeno Threat that improves improved the playability. Oh, good. Oh. Um, I was pretty much with you guys, so you know, Zero yeah. Threat, trying to do what I could. It worked for me a couple of the times. It, I mean, it there was desync. I, that was the biggest thing I think for me was the desync between all of us, right? And who's it, who's even visible to us? Right. Um, what I found interesting was how much more fun the um, like you said, the hammerhead feels, 
And also I thought um, the Corsair was really fun to play with in Xenothreat. The only right. downside being that it got really funky when it took a few few hits. Like the steering would get out of control. But yeah. it was really fun. I also discovered that some people are really good at pinning targets. And I am not one of those people. Because yeah. I forget the hotkeys for it. So, Well, yeah. I'll tell you, um, one of the ships that did real well for us was Badger's uh, Miss Core. Or Corey. I mean, you know, it's, oh, yeah? it, you know, the bigger ships, it was hard to get them lined up with the door and everything else. But, and he was able to get right in there. It was easy to load, easy to transport away. I, I thought it did a good job. So, oh, sorry. My ice is real clinky. That's all right. Today's so little ships like a, that. Uh... I think, you know, anything that has a decent size cargo hold um, that's closed. Uh, I think works pretty well. Like I think a freelancer, or even like a uh, Cutlass uh, Red would have been good, right? Because you got that back area you can just bounce the boxes into. But uh, the the Core seems really well suited for that. Nice. Um. Yeah. So that was that was my week. I was just going to say my cocktail. This this uh, recording is rum. Oh. No, um, I didn't have that. the ingredients for that. I wish. Uh, it's rum with a passion fruit liqueur and seltzer. Mm. It's really good, actually. It's kind of tropical, but I'm almost out. So, But I will not be refilling mid-episode. Don't worry. Now, now speaking of um, alcohol, I did not get the bar set for Star Citizen, but I did get the beer, beer glasses the other day. So, Oh, nice. I'll have to tell you how those work. I needed a Boy, couple, you... So. You're such a super fan that you're you're out there getting the the actual physical merchandise. Well, I uh, I have a fair amount of it, but my uh, I have posters on the wall and the little metal signs, which I think are really cool. They're really cool, um, like the ones from um, uh, a week that's coming up here when you have the Squadron Triple Nine or whatever it is. Um, Fleet Week, Invictus Week, yeah, Fleet Week. Yeah. I mean, it's they're really good looking. If you if you look for something on your wall, they're really good. I have the Cutlass Black poster, or the, well, the Cutlass poster. It's got all of them with cutaways. It's great. The Nautilus, you get two. You get the front of the ship and the back of the ship. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very cool, and they're they're big. I thought they would be kind of small, but they're full poster size. So I've got them framed on the wall, and then nice. I have coffee mugs. And now we have four beer glasses. Oh. Excellent. By the way, speaking of drinking, there's a New Jersey bar citizen this weekend. I I know. Funny enough, I'm going to be in New Jersey, but it's um, I won't be able to go to the bar citizen. I'm uh, it's one of my college friends' birthdays. Quadnum <laughs> um, yeah. was trying to lure me there. <laughs> yeah, it's actually my birthday this weekend. Too, I well, happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, happy early birthday, Chekhov. Now, um, if Flavius won't be so shy, maybe he could tell us what he did yesterday. Yeah, him. what did you do yesterday, Flavius? Here, I'll invite him. Let's see. I'd like to hear <laughs> We're going to put him on the spot. Flavius. Flavius. He's in the slot. He's There he is. All oh. right, I guess I'm there. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I just want to start off by saying I love this game. I love this game. <laughs> Anybody that plays with me knows that I'm being sarcastic. I, 
instead of rage quitting, I just say, uh, I love this game. I love this game. I love this game. I was a thief yesterday. I, we were, we were glitched playing Zeno with uh, Chekhov and I and a couple other ruffians. I, I think they were just players that kind of jumped in and nothing was really working. So I snooped around on different pads and absconded with a ship that was there. And um, uh, I saved Mr. Chekhov. Now I was hoping that Mr. Chekhov was dressed as a gal in a tight-fitting flight suit, but he was in a in his Chekhov white flight suit, which was not very becoming. So, uh, yeah, he doesn't uh, he doesn't have the kind of figure that keeps you going back for no, no way. His ass looks kind of fat in that thing. <laughs> All right, I, I got some new armor. That's, that's <laughs> we're gonna change his name to Thickums. <laughs> I was looting all this. Uh, well, thank you, Flavius, for joining us. Oh, that's a lot of fun, guys. I, I just anybody else that's listening, if you ever want a a good group of guys to play with, that uh, it's uh, it's a great group uh, with great camaraderie, and I would uh, I would highly recommend it. It's almost as good as playing with yourself. <laughs> that's why i go blind sometimes oh sorry <laughs> all right we're not gonna go there oh this is oh my goodness this is an explicit version uh yes yeah, because it's already we listened explicit. to the rantings of that guy oh, so anything goes yeah i feel like i want to play that in the outro because it's just so funny um i just feel bad cody cody joined in in uh listening earlier and popped out. I don't know if he had to go or what, but I wish he was there for his favorite clip. Um, yeah, so I, I think we mentioned, I'm not sure, but 318.2 is uh, currently in av- avocado, <laughs> evocati. Um, <laughs> it seems, you know, there's some there's some really good um, uh, leaks coming out of that if, if you're looking for it. So hopefully... Hopefully we see it start to go to wider PTU in a couple, you know, a week or so. Um, I, I have no definitive guess as to when it will, but I was just hoping, you know, hoping, praying. Uh, and that brings us to Mr. Uh, Captain George Dumont's tale of, of, I don't know if it's woe or excitement or what, <laughs> but let's, uh, let's take a listen to what George Dumont's been up to. Personal Journal. George Dumont, April 24, 2953. Unless you live under a rock, you have heard about the recent Xeno threat activity. I had not been allowed to volunteer for any military service in previous Xeno threat incursions as I had been an indentured worker. Now that I was no longer indentured, I immediately jumped at the chance and reported for duty with the Defense Force Office on Everest Station. The staff on duty immediately swore me into service and directed me to a small packet ship docked at the station. I soon found myself leaving station with roughly 20 other volunteers. My initial in-processing was done at a location called L-41B. I assume that meant Lagrange 41B. There was no station at L-41B so we were transferred from the packet ship to a larger ship for processing. One of the guys with us thought it was an Endeavour-class ship but wasn't 100% sure. On the ship our 20 volunteers joined several hundred other volunteers in various levels of preparedness. The initial medical portion went smoothly with each of us laying down on a medical bed. 
This went quickly as there were at least 10 beds in my room and several rooms besides mine. Blood type, DNA print, identifying scars, tattoos, and other distinguishing characteristics were recorded. After a 20 or 30 minute process we were each given a round of stims by a nurse. She said these would reset any imbalances in our system, kill existing parasites and start defending us from infections or STDs we might have or be exposed to. I didn't know that Xeno threat used bioweapons, but the STD threat was proof enough for me. We were also given a plain t-shirt with normal exercise shorts for use. The ship was basically a floating hospital, and the air felt a little sterile and the circulators were on high. With just shorts and a t-shirt on I always felt chilly. While we reorganized, we were assigned a set of Navy guides. They introduced themselves as recruit division commanders, death and destruction. We were to address them only at extreme risk and only as sir, ma'am or your lordship. They clearly spoke a language that was somehow welcoming but also threatening. They immediately formed us into what they called a pitiful example of a formation. Somehow along the way they gave us all nicknames completely ignoring our name tags. They were creative with the names, and it was hard not to laugh as they entitled each of us. Soon I was surrounded by my new crewmates, Mr. Tim, Drowse, Haymar, Bloody Badger, Wingnut, Flavius Maximus, Chekhov, Red Shirt, Strikeout, Way to Geeky, Net Mage, and many others. They even formed us into little subgroups, Hey Mar and Badger became the welcoming committee, I was part of the three amigos with Geeky, and Chekhov. Shore Timer, Noob and Pug were called the Red Shirts. One really skinny guy they called 2T, 2D. Another guy started out as Snorkel but they immediately changed it to Snake Pliskin. Our first move took us down several decks and toward the stern or maybe it was the bow of the ship. I'm still not sure as Navy terms are still new to me. There were orientation sessions for how to use basic undersuits, helmets, and other equipment such as flares or pen lights, medical pens, basic first aid, combat pistols and rifles and even communications techniques. Spatial orientation was confusing for me but at least I didn't get sick. The training focused on safety and familiarity more than on anything else. Death said this was because we were more dangerous to ourselves than to the enemy. The largest portion of the training was in the safe and practical use of tractor beams to load cargo containers. Some of the guys said this was a good sign that we would avoid combat. About half the guys thought we were going to be used as cannon fodder. More than one said they were special forces material or should be immediately promoted to officers. A few others thought we might go into supply or support roles that could be useful on their resume. I had no idea what we were going to be doing. One guy who said he was prior service said we were going to do a lot of scrubbing, mopping, sanding, painting and polishing. I thought he was nuts as it sounded stupid given all the machinery that could do that. I couldn't see anything that looked like it could be polished, just walls, floors and ceilings. He just laughed and said to just watch and not to volunteer for anything. After several hours of audio, holographic and hands-on demonstrations we were all getting hungry, tired and nauseous from the meds. The Navy ratings moved us through the ship in a line. They kept us bunched up with our right shoulders touching the wall. We carried our records, documents and other issued items in front of us. The ratings call it our BNI or Basic Navy Issue. This included a pile of neatly folded uniforms, headgear, toothbrushes, and all sorts of other questionable items. We even got a sewing kit, a compass and a small mirror. I'm still not even sure what those are. 
we soon learned to keep our eyes down and to shut up. If anyone spoke, mumbled or asked a question the group was ordered to halt, turn half right and drop for 20 push-ups. Even after doing multiple sets of push-ups, you would think people would learn but no. We still had one guy who would not stop talking and making stupid comments. The ratings finally dragged him out of line and whisked him away. Some guys at the back of the line urgently whispered forward that they had heard a gunshot and an airlock cycling open. We were just stunned and silent. Someone suddenly laughed and blurted out, well it took you guys long enough, what took so long? Of course, that comment got us all another 50 push-ups. After that we didn't get any more chances. We just did push-ups every time we stopped. The rating called them preemptive push-ups. We did a lot of push-ups before getting to the dining facility or galley as the Navy ratings called it. At the galley we were ordered to halt and to place our gear on the ground neatly against the wall. We then were ordered to take one left step and to proceed into the galley. The last man was ordered to stand fast and secure our gear. One by one we filed in and were each immediately greeted by death and destruction who animatedly coached us each through five pull-ups on a conveniently placed set of pull-up bars. After completing the chin-ups, we were hustled into the food line. The process was simple as all things in the Navy appear to be. Get a tray in your left hand, flatware in your right, approach the serving slot and hand over your plate. The cook on duty took your dish and gave you a new dish filled with a large portion of hot protein, vegetable matter and something that might have been classified as a fruit salad, or maybe a dessert or possibly even a new life form. At the same time the dish I had handed over was being loaded for the recruit behind me. As is my tendency I immediately began to ponder another of the great mysteries of the universe, what plate did the first guy in line get? As my mind had wandered off, I inadvertently caused a space in the line. I was startled back to focus with both death and damnation screaming in my ears. Death gave me one final snarl of disgust and told me to get my head out of my fourth point of contact. He directed me to the drink stations. Two guys were handling the drink line. They put two bottles of water, a glass of bug juice, and a cup of hot water with coffee, tea, or mystical broth on our tray before telling each of us to move out. They had on armbands that had KP printed on them. Their uniforms were also green and not navy blue like ours. I assumed they were marines. They really seemed angry, and they acted like they were in charge. The navy ratings just ignored them and kept us moving. Our navy rating kept us seated together and pushed us to stuff it in and finish everything on the plate. Talking was not allowed as it would slow the process down. One guy asked about condiments like salt or pepper. Destruction snarled back that if the navy wanted him to have them, they would have been issued. We also had to drink everything whether we liked it or not. That was torture and it took longer than the ratings liked. I waited to the very last to eat my small side of mystery food. It was fascinating. It sat in a small bowl and was semi-clear. I could just make out what might have been fruit or vegetables on the inside. It just bounced and wiggled at the slightest movement. Still to this day I ponder what food category it belonged to. Finally, we arranged our trays with our plates on the left, flatware in the middle and cups on the right. The ratings ordered us on our feet, and we all stood together and filed to the trash disposals to clear our trays and plates. We stacked our trays on others that were already there and put our flatware in sterilizing baskets nearby. Cups were placed in another bin. The process was orderly and efficient, left to right and out the door and back into line. Overall dinner was a whirlwind.
The whole process took less than 20 minutes for about a hundred of us recruits. Finally, we ended up heading to our racks for some sleep, or so we thought. We instead ended up standing in a longer line of recruits in a boarding tube waiting to board a transport. About an hour later we finally started boarding. By the time I filed onto the transport I was exhausted, full, and still nauseous. The hallways were tight, and we inched our way through the ship in a column. Up and down stairs, through pressure doors always with our shoulders pressed to the right bulkheads. The Navy crew were moving around with a purpose to get the ship underway. I eavesdropped on one conversation and learned that the ship was a reserve ship pressed back into duty. She was in decent shape but an older model of Drake Caterpillar. She was named the UEE Titanic. It was an impressive name and gave me some confidence. The crew thought that the name was funny or maybe ironic, but I didn't catch why. We finally ended up in hold number 5, in front of bunks stack D and I was the fifth man in line. The hold was full of bunks stacked to the level of the overhead catwalk and a Navy chief animatedly directed the Navy ratings in charge of us while he paced back and forth on the catwalk. He was kind of scary and had this crazy look. His uniform had razor-sharp creases and some kind of rockers, anchors and chevron on them. There were also these little hash marks down near his forearms. Later we all agreed they were probably kill markings. It didn't help that he had one eye that pointed in one direction and the other eye pointed in a slightly different direction. His voice was loud and hard to understand as he had some kind of strong accent. He also had this cheesy little mustache that only reached the corners of his lip. I truly didn't know who he was yelling and cursing at but tried desperately to just blend in and stay out of his sight which appeared to be fairly difficult. My position gave me the fifth bunk up in this particular stack. We stored our gear in a footlocker near the bottom bunk and I climbed up to my bunk. It was kind of high up and narrow, but I didn't care. I stuffed my socks, shoes, and moby glass where I could in the springs of the bunk above me and I was soon asleep. After a what felt like just minutes, I was startled awake by the ship's intercom. I almost fell out of my bunk as the speaker was loud and just below my bunk on the wall. Despite being tired I had been asleep for more than four hours and I had slept through the entire quantum jump. The captain calmly announced over the intercom that we would be leaving our holding pattern at Mike L1 and heading back. We hadn't even docked due to the backup of ships. The emergency declaration was concluded, and we would be returning for out-processing from service status. It was quiet for a few seconds and then someone below me threw up on the deck. Everyone just chuckled and went back to sleep while he cleaned up under the supervision of the naval ratings. The next few days we just floated in space near L-41B, mopping, cleaning, sanding, painting and polishing as our friend had predicted. The Navy finally allowed us to dock and reverse the in-processing process. It took just as long but finally I was back on the station and in my rented room. On the plus side I got a service pin and to keep the t-shirt, shorts, helmet and snazzy under suit they had issued me. The Navy also waived my room fees as I had volunteered for the reserves. The junior officer who gave us our final out briefing explained all of this and assured us we would get another chance, probably sooner rather than later. In hindsight I wish I had read that six-year commitment of reserve service a little closer when I volunteered. What a glorious waste of time that had been, and that was the end of my great adventure in the Xeno conflict. Wow, um, that was a long one. <laughs> what inspired that one, Seaguard? That was, was quite just, a... 
<laughs> it models. I mean, I think you'll get a couple of guys who've been in the military who probably remember parts of that. Their entry. Like the drill sergeants. We we had mm-hmm. one guy who had big bug-eyed eyes. He looked like a lunatic and he acted like a lunatic. We had another guy who's he was our first sergeant in the drill company. His one eye pointed off to the left. You know, I don't know what that's called, but the other and he would play that. He'd look at you and chew out the guy next to you. And then when you answered, he goes, I wasn't speaking to you. And then you'd both be confused. So you'd both do push-ups. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting life when you go through that in processing and basic. So I was yeah. kind of capturing that. And, and the whole point of it is there was a lot of waiting and a lot of processing and standing in lines. So, so I figured okay. it was a good time to get him some background and uh, opportunity going forward to, do some ground emissions and be called up for duty on occasion. So. Okay. Excellent. Wow. Uh, excellent. hundred percent. Sorry. Hey. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, that brings us to tips and tricks. Uh, Cthulhu's disciple, AKA bloody badger said, uh, good tested tip. If you get stuck in the geometry of a cave, stuck in a corner, uh, uh, you know, drop a box, whether it's helmet or armor, probably don't drop your helmet if you're in a vacuum uh, in the direction of the wall. The box will push you away from the wall and you will become unstuck. Even better tip, avoid cave missions. Uh, Does anyone here today have any tips or tricks for us? Uh, If so, raise your hand. uh, We'd love to hear them. All right. Well, while people are thinking, I actually Lars is up. Lars Lars has has one. Come on in, Lars. Hey guys. Hello, Lars. Hey. I uh, I found out last night playing um eighteen two that you can have a lot of issues getting out of your hangar, and Mm -hmm. just tapping Alt N won't work sometimes. So you've got to hold down Alt N. Um, for mm-hmm. like 10 seconds, and it might actually engage. Oh, oh, nice. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so I, trapped in I find spamming that. it works. I find spamming <laughs> it sometimes works. But yeah, holding it, I haven't tried. So that's a great point. Thank you. No worries, guys. That's it for me. All right, thanks. I'm trying to think um, what we learned the other day on the, our session. I actually session. have one. Uh, wait, what was mine? Oh, this actually isn't me. It was someone in chat while we were playing Xenothreat, but he was essentially mocking us uh, because we were doing the delivery part of Xenothreat all wrong. Um, But he he did have a good point. He said, you know, if you have a fast ship, you should load that ship with all the boxes, but but leave the the timed boxes in their containment um, space put all the other boxes in first, then as quickly as you can empty the timed ones and put them in your ship. And that way you're, you're uh, able to bring them all in one trip. Uh, and that just reduces the amount of trips and speeds up that phase of the Xeno threat mission. So I forgot his name. I thought I was going to remember it, but I completely forgot it. Uh, so thank you to that guy who knew a lot. We were getting yeah. a little, I, well, I was getting snarky with him and someone else was saying STFU to him when he was, <laughs> Uh, commenting in chat because he didn't realize that you know no one was defending the uh, the the cargo movement. So 
you know, even if we wanted to, we really couldn't. The the cargo ship was getting shot at by Xenothrip. But uh, either way, that's a good tip. What about uh, uh, Chekhov? Do you have any tips? Um, no, I can't say that I do right now. Think. All righty. Uh, what about you, Cigar? Did you think of any? Well, I was just thinking, you know, I, especially when you and I were on and uh, we were on with Flavius and with uh, Sir Scuffy, or Sir Scruffy, I did, you know, I, I spent a lot of time outside of the ship because I found that unlike previous times, it's easier to get into the upper decks of the ship because they kind of like broken off the the booms of the uh, of the Starfarers. So you mm-hmm. can get into a lot of the areas that are above uh, by going outside. And I found yeah. a lot of boxes up there with armor. I, you know, I don't know how many sets of uh, actual marine armor were in there, but there was, I was pulling those out like crazy and just moving them down. So if you're looking for armor that's not pirate armor, that's a good place to go. Um, you know, if you can wait for the ship to come back, that's going to take away the other cargo and you can go up and get that stuff out of there. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seaguard was also a little bit of a hoe for the uh, for the loot at uh, those missions. I'm sitting here like, if the, if it were me in real life, I'd be getting real annoyed with you because I'd be sitting there sweating, <laughs> sweating, just unloading these containers. Like the timers are starting, the timer, and Seaguard's like, la la la, I'm shopping in. The the Starfarer wreck, just getting all the armo, ammo and armor and everything. This is great. And he's like stacking it up in the way of yes. all the other stuff. Um, that I was knocking had some a, of it out the, out the hole that I had to go right. chase it down. That's right. <laughs> we also had a really good time. Uh, we essentially dueled with uh, corpses. Oh, that was fun. Uh, that was the other fun. Day. We were flinging corpses at each other with our tractor beams, which was quite fun. Uh, I sailed. Left. I even sailed out to uh, one of the other wrecks, like almost 700 meters away. Flew out to that and tractored myself into it, and then came back. Mm. Yeah, I remember. It was all of a sudden. I see you just slowly coming in. <laughs> um, last call for tips and tricks. Going once, going twice. Sold. So uh, that brings us to everybody's. Well, I, you know, I, I used to say that all the time. Everyone's favorite segment, and and someone would say, "Why is it their favorite segment?" Um, it's time for science. The music. Uh, so uh, this week we got. Zero submissions via Discord. Um, but does anybody here in the audience have anything that they did for science? And, uh, you know, while we wait for hands to be raised, check off, you do anything for science? Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, um, what about, what about you, Sigurd? So I, had, oh. uh, I actually checked if the reclaimer could hold more armor than the, uh, than the um, Drake, uh, what's the bigger one now? Corsair? The Corsair. I had run out of space trying to load armor on it one one day, and I couldn't get enough in there for the whole crew. I was trying to put it in the rooms and junk. It didn't work. But the Reclaimer 
easily holds. You know, I was able to put in five sets of mining armor plus the backpack plus all the tractor beams and crates. This was in the ship storage, essentially, like in the the ship storage. Yeah. So uh, if you want to preload a ship for everybody, I mean, that's a good one to load up. It seems like it has plenty of interior storage. It's not part of your cargo or it's not going to be sitting on the floor. You can issue Mm -hmm. it out to the crew for their use. So. Okay, oh, cool. uh, one last one. Um, sure. Also, I've been flying it in and out of atmosphere. The atmosphere is better now because they're shorter. But I did yeah. find that um, it really does make me get out of atmosphere faster if I prioritize the engines and the shields more than the weapons when I'm climbing out. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you don't need those weapons. But, you know, I pulled it way off to the right side and it, it, it does perform better. So Nice. I uh, didn't really do anything for science, but I did notice a phenomena that's, I think it's different. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I noticed in, in 318, um, now that there's persistence, um, after logging out of the game, you no longer have to respecify your new med bed. And I, I'm pretty sure you used to have to specify if it wasn't your home uh, med bed before every time you logged in the game. Whereas now it just automatically defaults to the one that you last specified. Um, is that correct? Anyone else think, is that the correct interpretation or was it, am I wrong? Now that happened at Mike L1. You have S. Gateman. That yeah. definitely happened at Mike S1 or Mike L1 for me. But yeah. if that was I'm, just part of that. I'm yeah. pretty sure that it retained your medical location previously, at least in 316. Oh, see, I didn't think it did. I I always would have to. Maybe it's because I would. I was thinking of it like on the Carrick or whatever. Well, that could Where, be. Well, have to have like a clears. Station. Yeah, maybe that's why because it clears once you uh, store the ship. All right. Well, thank you for proving my insight wrong because I don't like to lie by accident. You um, bet. <laughs> you're like anytime, geeky. All righty. Let's see. So uh, that brings us to Seagar's question of the week. So um, we have a special one for this week. Um, I'll read last week's and and walk through some of the answers on Discord. But before that, so people can think in while we're we're going through those, Seagard, why don't you ask the audience uh, the question that you have for them? Yeah, so this week is more in tune with Invictus. So uh, with Invictus coming up soon, what ships are you interested in test flying, buying, or trading in? All right. So uh, if anyone has any buys, trade-ins, or tests that they want to do, throw up your hands, and we'll get to those in just a few moments. Uh, In the meantime, I will go through the the question of the week from last week. Uh, So last week, Seaguard asked, uh, the current pirates use standard armor types with different colors and markings. Do you prefer this or the older, older style of armor 
focused on patchwork armor, jagged blades, and skull-type helmets. Uh, Canuck2099 said, I prefer the patchwork for pirates, but the Ninetales and such are not pirates. They are an organized gang, clearly with team colors and jackets. My issue with this approach, however, is that it creates that video game trope of all the baddies wearing the same stuff in a given area or faction. I will come off as negative here, but it's lazy, and frankly, despite having good costume design, it is unimaginative and repetitive. Uh, Silver Valk said, My expectation is that the further you go from civilization, the more patchy the outfits will become. I would therefore expect a gang like the Ninetales, who operate in Stanton, to be a slicker outfit with better, more modern armor. The gangs who lurk in the dark recesses of Pyro to have a much more frontier tribal look. I reckon the pirates to be feared most are the ones who rock up in plain white undersuits. <laughs> Gothic said, I don't mind the nine tails all using the same colors because they would have the resources to have some sort of uniform. What I would like to see, though, is some sort of randomization with the armor pieces while keeping that uniform color. When we encounter true pirate factions in Pyro, then maybe I'd like to see more jankily put together kits but for what we have in stanton i think it works great uh earth said similar to others it seems appropriate for larger uh for larger organized criminal enterprises to wear standard gear but looser smaller bands of thugs to wear more random patchwork gear probably stolen off their victims and poorly maintained could provide a quick visual of who you're up against and insight into their combat behaviors like we've seen demonstrated by CIG. For example, the use of cover, accuracy, retreat tactics. Drowse said, As with modern-day pirates, I'm really only seeing a hoodie as a common piece of attire, so I don't know if 900-plus yeah. uh, years is going to make much difference. Pirates are pirates, so I'm going with mismatched gear all the way. Uh, cardboard Box Dragon said, I'm of the opinion that there should be uh, kind of three levels to enemy groups in the verse. Pirates, games, and gangs, not games, gangs and crime syndicates. I promise I didn't have any gummies. Yeah. I was, I was uh, funny <laughs> enough, I was contemplating either having none or taking too many. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to be able to get through the episode smoothly. <laughs> um, anyway, pirates, gangs, and crime syndicates. I feel like in that order, they should be uh, less patchwork and ragtag as you go up those levels. What we have now feels more like a crime syndicate to me, where everyone has a uniform and rank instead of just some dudes who hang out together to raise heck. Uh, CM Fries said, I like the armor they use, but I also want to see some armor that we can't buy that only the pirates have. Zeem said, I think you both touched on this very well. Uh, Ninetales looks less like a band of pirates and more of a politically or financially motivated organization with a brand to represent in their uniforms. This contrasts greatly with how I would typically imagine a group of pirates showing up whether they happen to have, uh, um, uh, oh, showing up in whatever they happen to have, driven by poverty and desperation. This ties well into Geeky's point with the Squadron 42 ships being jury rigged with modifications to suit their needs. I feel pirate armor should have the same kind of feel as if they were scavenged or purchased on the cheap to fulfill their fundamental purpose and modified after the fact to be more functional. 
As to expect, pirates would have uh, would only have the bare minimum to indicate to each other that they're on the same team, which can be as simple as a spray painted insignia on the armor or a hastily applied cloth band that that the UEE or corporate agents are unlikely to bear. Uh, Canuck said, I don't want the clothing to be coordinated, but expect the choreography to be on point regardless. <laughs> uh, there, someone posted a gif of dancing pirates. Um, Strikeout Actual said, for Ninetales, I like the fancy matching armor because it is fitting to their backstory, but other groups hopefully have other looks, including the patchwork slash modified styles. Personally, my favorite armor in game is the microid armor as it looks worn and has a textile feel. I like the ragged cloth and wrapped linens aesthetic. Uh, much better look for me than dressing like Buzz Lightyear. I hope a lot of pirates have armor like the microid suit so I can loot the hell out of them. So that was uh, last week's. Um, one thing I noticed, by the way, uh, or I, I caught because I was watching um, Space Tomatoes podcast and he had on... Um, what is his name? <laughs> uh, um, uh, the the, the his, galactic historian essentially. Oh, okay, and he he said uh, one of the things about Nine Tails that's interesting is they suspect or he suspects that Nine Tails is the displaced citizens of Stanton because Stanton was settled before it was UEE controlled and the UEE came in and essentially said, kindly leave or we will make you leave. So interesting. It'll be interesting if that's what they are. Either way, it's been hinted at many a times that the nine tails in particular are uh, essentially uh, there's a greater story that they're trying to tell through these missions that will slowly um, build up to something inverse. Um, but yeah, it is interesting because, you know, as you mentioned, you hear about all these different outfits that they're making and you, you don't want them to all be matchy matchy. Right. All right. So this week's question you asked about yeah. buying, trying, trading uh, S Gateman's first up, first one up. Uh, all righty. Uh, S. Gateman, buying, trying, trading. I've had my eye on a 325A, I think, for a little while. Good so I'm not quite sure uh, what I'm going to do, but if possible, I'd like to get a game package during the free fly if they have another um, promotion, and I'll buy myself a new account so I can do a, a zero to hero properly and to keep one account for all of my collection then one that I just play to have fun. Ah, oh, like your own George Dumont. Yeah, exactly. Is for me, yeah. Yeah, three twenty-five <laughs> cool. A yeah. is a good ship. What What oh. is it that you like about the ship that that's driving this decision? Um. Well, my first ship ever was the Avenger Titan, and I still <laughs> have it. It's very similar to the three twenty-five A from, uh, at least from a specification standpoint, and. I do like the origin ships. I loved the 100 series that I bought in game at one point. I thought I'd give the 325 a shot. And it looks like it carries quite the missile payload. Um, and cargo isn't really uh, as much of a 
if I'm going to do cargo, I'm not going to be doing it in a small ship like that. So I want something that can um, punch punch heavily in a fight and also looks schnazzy. If I can get it in the color red, I'll be very happy. Excellent. Yeah, your weapons sounds... choices are there's three packages. So, you know, uh, I always like the longer distance guns um, to keep myself away. So kind of like boom and zoom. But uh, great ship, bed, bathroom, uh, drinks. It's got everything in it. So I hear that the copy maker actually runs. So maybe coming up, you can, I, I think in, was it 319? They said you could pour yourself a cup of coffee. So that would be uh, really sweet. Yep. I have actually used it to uh, sustain myself to get back. It doesn't, it doesn't keep you hydrated long. <laughs> So, yeah, but you can limp yourself back to a, a place where you can't get a bottle. So, sweet. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, Escapement. Uh, next, we have Cthulhu's disciple, oh, yeah. uh, disciple oh, aka Badger. Oh, I'm in order of requests. Secret. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> badger, badger, badger. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking, looking forward to getting the uh, Tana, which I was hoping they were going to sell during Xeno Threat, but uh, it turns out they didn't. Uh, I had that ship before, really enjoyed it. I uh, enjoyed the look of it, just a kind of unique ship. But they, it was so janky before, had so many issues because it does uh, convert. And it had quite a bit of issues that made it very difficult to enjoy flying. But I've been flying the core that I have, and uh, it's been really working well, and I really enjoy it. And you can put another uh, plus one in there, which is nice. Yeah. And I'm also hoping the uh, Odyssey will be out next time, because I know Haymar keeps telling me it'll be out next week. He's been saying that for the last <laughs> about 50 weeks, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's telling me the truth. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping to see some new ships also. I'm uh, really hoping to see if they have the 600i uh, uh, conversion done because I've, I've kept my 600i specifically because I'm waiting for the Explorer to come out or the uh, mm. uh, gold standard for that. But uh, yeah. we'll see. I, it's nice. That is definitely one of my favorite ships, though. The, the, you know, the ability to have two guys, two bunks. I think it has two armor lockers on it, uh, weapons racks. What's the difference between the core and the Tana? Core has more store or more storage. It's more of a uh, a cargo ship, while the uh, Tana is more of a combat ship. You still oh. have a uh, some storage space in the back, and so you can still use it to move the cargo from like Xeno Threat. Not as much. One SCU, um, I think, but it's too high, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, you're not the. Uh, I guess the Xeno Threat stuff is it doesn't stick to the. Uh, grids right. anyway so right. uh, but it's super fast not as fast as some but not as slow as others and it's just a, a unique ship because it does have that conversion and, and I, you don't see it flown around a lot so it also has a bunch of missiles right now i think they're size ones but like 18 yeah. missiles or something yeah the quarry i think has maybe 20 and 18 to 20 i think it yeah. is or the i'm sorry the tana the quarry has very few but uh, the the uh uh the tan has got it built into the wings, so it, it's not just uh, underside mounted. It's got like a a system to fire uh, the missiles from the wings. And a turret for the co-pilot, remote turret. Yeah, the turret for the co-pilot, oh, yeah. it, it doesn't work as well because it. What happens is, is once the co-pilot gets in, he gets the 
he gets to operate one of the turrets, but the other turret doesn't seem to stay on. And I don't know if that's glitching right now because Haymar and I have been getting into that. When he gets into the turret, you lose one of your turrets. He can switch and operate each one of them, but they don't operate together with them and they don't operate. The pilot can no longer operate. He just gets the two size ones that are underneath the ship. A lot of people also swap out the uh, weapons for the core weapons pack. So you get double twin turrets. Um, and then it's also great for like dropping off snipers, right? You can just go two of you in, settle in, walk in and do your business. It's very cool. Good chip. Excellent. I Thank applaud you, your decision. Not a reward. Not much else. Let's let's hear what you have to say. Hey there. Hey there. Hey yeah, so hey, good to see you guys again. Yeah, so the, yeah. the ship that I'm really interested in, I want to check it out. I want to actually I want to spend a couple months, maybe just kind of exclusive with it, is the hull A that has come out. Oh great. That could tell you my I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, I, I, it looks like a really universal ship. And I know it's MISC. I, I've, I fell in love with my prospector after using it exclusively for about two or three months. You know, I kind of like to get this uh, outer relationship <laughs> with my ships. So I, I mm-hmm. want to try the whole A. I'm really, I guess I gravitate more to the economics, the industry, that kind of stuff of the game. So I want to get a whole A. I want to see what this whole external cargo thing is about. And even though logistically I haven't quite worked out how to do it solo per se, two years ago, I bought a Vulture. And Mm -hmm. I have yet to be able to use it in the game. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll say recently, we'll we'll call them undocumented features about the game recently have prevented me from really being able to, uh, yeah, uh, prevented me from being able to really go. I've tried. Believe me, I have tried. Uh, But uh, yeah, so I I thought, you know, that in some way, I'd like to set that up as some kind of companion to the Vulture so that I could salvage, I'll say, several cargo holds full offload mm-hmm. them, you know, with the like the hand tractor or something onto the outside. It seems like you can just kind of shove them on there, you know. Yep. And then yep. and then do like, you know, a five in one run or something with that ship. I, I it just seems like it could have a lot of utilities. You, know, you can kind of it's a little bit of a liveaboard. Just it seems yeah. like it's universal. So I, I want to check it out. Yeah. And Excellent. what do yeah, you that... think of the whole B? The whole E? No, the whole B. <sighs> you know that now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole B, you can't land with the cargo open. Is that right? I think the That's B correct. is no, it's the bottom one, the bottom thing you can't use, the bottom one, because it's a lot no, of it, cargo, right? It's a lot. Yeah, of I think it. Yeah. I, I don't. I think the A is the only one that could land with, with the cargo. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, so that kind of what open. makes it. Yeah, so that kind of gives it that unique ability there, because otherwise, I, I guess. I guess for the other ships, you really got to wait for the more fleshed out cargo loading mechanic, whatever that is, you know, that's going to come along. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I would like more space, but, you know, right now, you know, all we have is the Halle. So I'll try the Halle. Yeah, I love it. I think it's a great ship. Nice, nice. What's your favorite thing about it? Uh, You know, I like that it's self-contained. You got a weapons rack, you got bunk, you got... um... You know, 
enough room to store your gear inside, like, you know, in the car, in the, um, in the, you know, I guess the cargo, the shared cargo space of the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is easy to load and that you can just slap stuff to the side of it. Um, simple to fly. You know, I, I, everybody always talk about the Aurora. That's what I like about the Aurora. It's simple. The hull A is the same thing. It's simple. It lands well. It takes off well. It can get out of its own way. It's it's not a jet, but it does fine. Yeah, so, and, and you mentioned some of the things that I like to. I really do like to be able to log out of my ship. Yeah, I, that's me too. So, you know, if it's got a bed, I'm already interested right there. So yeah. it yeah. does have a lock, a, you know, a suit locker. Uh, as soon as you come through the door, um, that's good, but you can't really use that yet. And then all the components are very accessible. Yeah, it's been designed kind of with the new tech, right? You can get right to everything. So Right, right. So. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a good ship, especially like when when they start having delivery missions that are... <laughs> economics related and it's based off of hey the um the space stations are the suppliers of cargo to the planets right they're the drop-off point for the larger cargo ships and then it'll be the hull a's and some of the small smaller ones that you load and bring cargo down to the landing points or the different locations on the planet side right right you know and you know i've mentioned that the kind of the cargo loading mechanic. Uh, yeah, I'll be just kind of interested how the interior, you know, load ships really differ and, and, you know, how that works with the exterior ones and even maybe how that compares with the raft. That's, I've got, got a little bit of interest yeah. in the raft because it's, I mean, it's got those huge containers, you know, that, right. You know, there's, there's only three of them, but you only need three if they're that big. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think the, uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that cargo mechanic works with the exterior loads and the interior loads. It, it's a, it just kind of fascinates me. So I want to try out the whole thing. I want to see what it's about. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. We got a question in chat too. Uh, um, so Shreffy is asking, do you see it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Sir Scruffy asked, I would like to ask what you guys would consider the best quote unquote van life ship to be. What do you what do you think, Chekhov? We haven't heard your voice in a little bit. Which what's ship? The hashtag? What's the best? What's the best van life ship? You know, like van life. You, yeah, like you know, staying in a van. Oh, you yep. mean like uh, log 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 out, wake up? Like, like what's like, an RV type uh, of ship? You know, RV type of ship. That's a good question. I guess. Oh, I mean. Any of them, think which one would I would prefer to be kind of out there and uh, sort of all around. I I would have thought you'd say the Nomad. Yeah, you know, I was about to say that. Yes, that's a good one. It would it would be a Nomad because it's got that open uh, trunk. You know, you mm-hmm. can throw a uh, rock on it. You know, it's got a bed. It's got yeah, yeah. It's definitely. Nomad would be one of them. Yeah. You got it. We also uh, got Fulu asking to come in and comment. Too, yep. So. I, I, I would I, agree with, with you, the, the Nomad. What were you going to say, Sigurd? I was going to say, I would agree also. Uh, I, I do think the A has a little bit of an advantage because the uh, they both have external cargo, but I think the, the, the Hull A just is a newer ship, so it has 
some of the newer features, right? The lighting is a little yeah. different. Um, it has the weapons rack and the suit locker, but I think all that's yeah. going to come later on the on the Nomad also. So I, I think Nomad's yeah. a great ship. All right. Well, now I'm going to feel like Roddy Rod Piper. Come on down, Badger. Then I hear the music. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I definitely have to push the uh, Freelancer series for that. If you want the van life, I mean, it looks like a school bus if you're in the Max and the original colors. Uh, but you have uh, plenty of cargo, good combat. Uh, you can bring your friends along. Plenty of sleeping. It has a bathroom, unlike the Drake ships. And uh, it's pretty much uh, There's it. only one Drake ship without a bathroom that has internal space. Talking about non-size, like, you know, uh, the larger ships. Uh, I mean, if you really want the high end, I guess you have to go with the MSR for the uh, high end bus. But uh, oh, the cutter's a good van life one too. Now I'm thinking about it. You're poor, yes. Well, when you get into two person ships, those you also get into the raft, and the raft is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it does have a good interior. Yeah, Nomad offers something that no one does: is that you could put a vehicle in the back. Yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah. And now, not just the rock. You can put the bikes on the back. You can do a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Now, what would be the best all around ship? That would be. Carrick. <laughs> well, okay. I, sh- I should rephrase that. Taking, taking the price in consideration. Oh. Best all around ship. Yeah. Like you're thinking, like starter style ship? No, well, no, I really mean all around, but but being conscious of price. Sort of, it has to be some not not quite starter, but not as expensive as carry. I would I would nominate um, I would certainly nominate the Taurus, right? I mean, Dromeda is probably a little bit more, uh, but the Taurus. I knew you were going to say price. a constellation. Well, it has good price. It has lots of cargo. It has secure cargo in the back. It's not scannable. It has a turret, a tractor beam turret on the bottom, and missiles and forward-facing guns. Pretty good yeah. ship for what one fifty, I think, is what it costs. Right. I mean, it's it it's carries one, yeah. yeah, I think it's one fifty. Yeah. I I I like Cutlass Black. That is good. Yeah, Cuddy Cuddy's a good. A good all-rounder uh, for a, a relatively entry ship. Um, that's well, another uh, one you could you could you could do bounties, you could do cargo, you could put a vehicle in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Badger, I'm going to move you back to audience. Thanks for your contribution. Um. Uh, in chat, also, S. Gateman said, I'll definitely have to check out the Reliance series. I've never actually seen one in game. Maybe I'll be able to hang out with uh, some of you that have them. Yeah, uh, Seaguard will pull out any ship you ask him to. I don't have that one. You don't have the Reliant? I used. To, I have the Core. I don't have the... the, the uh... Well, he says Reliant. He didn't say which one. Oh, yeah. That, um... And then Lars said, Cutlass Red has a toilet, and Raft is number one ship in game. Yeah. Uh, Jandal uh, mentioned Mustang Beta. It's like a Volkswagen uh, Vanagon with guns. And Lars said, Raft has four 
uh, pilot-controlled gimbal weapons, difficult to force entry on planet, um, plenty of room for gear, and safe way to drop off cargo. Yeah, I like the raft as a, as a, to me, that's the cargo hauler to drop off supplies to your, to your outposts, you know, like, because you can drop those containers real quick, um, maybe grab the empty ones for a restock. Um, I like the turret. I wish that was on the bowl. You know, that turret on top, I think that's a better layout, I mean. Your dog fighting in the mole, or your dog fighting in the uh, in the raft. It's a bad day. Yeah, hundred hundred and ten percent. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Had to change it up a little bit. Um, uh, now, in terms of the Q and A, uh, Silver Volk had said, "What's up, citizens? I had a look at the current deals on starter packs this morning and realized that CIG no longer offers." Squadron 42 as a $15 add-on to any of them. Uh, when I bought my package last year during Invictus, you could still get it, but now it's only available as a full-priced standalone pledge. Do you think that Squadron 42 is close enough to launch that CIG feels it's no longer necessary to offer it at a discount? What do you think, uh, Chekhov? Yeah, I would agree. The reason? I was just going to say that, yeah, I think uh, close to launch, they're definitely going to Pull that up, but I think they'll be back with it. I mean, I don't think it's off permanently. Yeah. You don't want to keep what up selling it. What do you think, Seagard? Uh, I've been saying for a while, I think that, I think Squadron 42 is closer than farther. Yeah, a lot, I think they're, what, saying two years? I say, I think we're going to see early, ver- well, pre-release versions of the missions for us to, to play with and test, like in PTU, probably somewhere out Christmas. I think, I mean, advertisement has been picking up. You know, we just had a few advertisements, like starting last year at Christmas, and now they're on all the time on YouTube. So <clears throat> I think they're spending money, and I think they're getting ready to push that out in the market. Hmm. Um. I would imagine the logic is 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 that reason, right? That they're they're getting close to releasing it, so mm-hmm. they might as well bump it up. Um, you know, they'll probably do a sale one last time for it when they announce the release date. Is my mm-hmm. guess for current backers. Right. Um, that it might even be for people who have accounts currently, um, but. I still think I still think Squadron's two years out personally, or two, you know, like at least at least a year and a half, um, just based on some of the things. But it is right. getting closer, and I think they will start ramping up the marketing this year, or at least kick it off this year. Um, so that was all the questions that were submitted. Does anyone in the audience today have any questions for us? Don't see many hands. Th- oh, Lars is typing. <laughs> Imagine if you stopped typing, Lars, then we'd be super di- uh, disappointed. So Lars wants to know, uh, do we think we'll see the Merchant Man this year? Um, Chekhov, do you think we'll see the Merchant Man this year? Um, six months. Um, no. 
You don't, I don't think, think we'll see so. it? Okay. I don't think so. Seagar? Merchant Man, will we see it this year? Um, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to say yes. Okay. I'm going to say yes. When do you think we'll see it? Um, I think we're going to see it around Christmas. Um, I think it'll be, it's, you know, a long time people have been asking for it. Um, I don't know that it plays a specific role in Star Citizen like the whole C does. Or in Squadron 42, right? Hmm. Um, I, I definitely, I think it's going to be playable. There's a lot of people clamoring for that ship, and it is one of the older ones. Yeah. I I think we'll probably, if we don't see it this year, we'll see it early next year. I, I'd be shocked if we don't see it by Q1 of, of next year, if not sooner. Just because we saw it looking pretty good now months ago. Um, <clears throat> now, granted, uh, there are times where we've seen ships uh, before. I mean, the Carrick is a prime example where we saw many different iterations of that puppy including if if anyone recalls when they first showed it at citizen con and and it had the really funky looking engines in the back they looked really bad and people were right. outraged because um, yep. they did look really bad um but then people were also just shocked that it got so chunky and um you know a little thick in the middle and it had lots of back uh but you know we saw a lot of different looks at that prior where it looked like it was coming along and then it took a really long time afterwards. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, S. Gateman asked, uh, did, you, did you have to comment on uh, this? No, I'll go ahead with the next question then I'll ask mine last. Okay. Uh, S. Gateman asked, what is your favorite uh, planetary, planetary landing zone and will the Loreville redo change that? Seagard, so uh, check off what's your favorite. The Lauraville Landing Zone. What about it? That's your favorite? Uh, what? Wait, the question is Lauraville Landing Zone? There's only. No, what's your favorite planetary landing zone? And oh. Will the Lauraville redo change it? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I guess it would be. Um... Probably, I, I don't think anything will change it, but uh, it's the planets around uh, Hurston. Is that is that the question, or any landing zone? I, oh I'm my not... good, yeah. Any of the any of the landing zones. Which is your favorite landing zone? And now that we have oh, I... a, a change to Loreville, is that yeah, going to change I, your I, mind? I, I, oh, is it changed my mind? I thought you were saying. Is the is something going to change in game? Because that's what I didn't understand. Uh, yeah. But Lorville had to do with anything else. My favorite landing zone is still Lorville. So, so it won't change your mind. It's only going to uh, help. Exactly. So. Yeah. For me, what's yours? Lorville. What's yours, Seaguard? Mine is actually. Um, was it Lovers? It's near Area 18. Uh, what is it? Uh... If I could jump in, I think S. Gateman's talking about 
like landing zone, landing zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's oh, real landing zones. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, why, that's why I <laughs> that question too. Yeah, of the I, four of the four that we have, yeah, Lorville changed that. I, the I definitely no. I think I like Lorville a lot, but I think uh, I, I like uh, well. I like Lorville a lot. It's certainly cool, and I think I'm going to try that one. It's good for a lot of things. But I like the weather at, at uh, uh, what's it? New Babbage. New Babbage. I like getting blown around on the way down and kind of the buffeting you can get in a storm. So you know, it's fun with the big ships when you're kind of battling it into the hangar. Yeah, no, I agree. New Babbage is cool. I just have an issue with it being so far away. That's That is part of the problem, yeah. Well, it depends. You know, I think there's a jump. There's a jump point that'll be close to New Babbage, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so far away is perspective, I guess. Ultimately, yeah. um, I I don't have a favorite landing zone. I like them all for different reasons. Although it sort of teeters. I tend to like the more modern styles of. Um, New Babbage and and Orison. I hate Lorville, but I do think the redo will make me not hate it. Um, but it's still not my favorite landing zone, and I don't think that'll change with the redo. Maybe if it was the first to get interiors, it might change that for a short period of time. But <clears throat> um, outside of that, I don't think so. Uh, Badger asked, oh, what is your most wanted feature? Check off what's your most wanted feature. That uh, upcoming uh, or not even on the road. I but would imagine anything that's that's not 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 in the game currently is probably up for grabs. What do you, yeah? What do you hope for? As as uh, Badger said, uh, probably Quanta, the economy. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people really want that. Seagard, what about you? Uh, uh, I want cargo missions with reputation. Nice. Yeah, well, that's a good one. I I can't wait for... Uh, I really want, like, the personal hangar. I, I want permanent space where I could store things, and I want it to remain that way. I want to be able to... I'm just looking forward to days where instead of dragging things from one inventory to another, I'm bringing things from one space to another um, physically. Right. Uh, maybe not hand loading an entire ship, but I can't wait to have my suits and lockers and be able to choose those things and, and wear like a normal flight suit or, or clothing in my ship and then switch if I need to exit. Things like that. Um, Tuki asked Tuki, a question. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Tuki2D said, will the whole sea come out before Pyro and or will it release with the dynamic economy? Uh, what do you think, Chekhov? Before Pyro? I'll see. Well, I think B and C are coming. Our schedule come out almost together uh, from what it's now. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Uh, and, and the second part is with the dynamic economy? Or will it release with the dynamic economy? Uh, no, I think it'll just come out before Pyro, but not with the dynamic. What about you, Seagard? I'm hoping it comes out with 319, but I have heard two things 
Um, one is that it's tied to Squadron 42, so it won't come out until Squadron 42 does. And the second one um, actually was from one of the uh, RSI shows the other day, uh, two weeks ago, I think. They were talking mm-hmm. about missions. And that was the last mission, week, yeah. Yeah, the mission creator was saying that, yeah, 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 you know, they're not going to bring out the big cargo ships until they have a mechanism which makes it possible to load and unload them without just doing the one-click button. And they also wanted to have missions that were associated with them, kind of like the reputation I mentioned. Uh, So that actually concerned me a little bit, both both, the fact that it could be Squadron 42 and um, tied to that. So. So I don't I personally don't think it'll be Squadron 42 because I think it's I think it's tied to the it's it's a re- required ship for Squadron 42. Mm-hmm. I think that's the main thing. That's why they have to finish it up. And that's why it looks pretty much done. I do think they're waiting for a better mechanism for the ship to be loaded. So I think I think it'll come when vehicle-based tractor beams come personally. That would be so good. I don't know if those will come out before Pyro or not. I think they will. I think we'll see vehicle-based tractor beams this year. For sure. That would be yeah, good. Or, well, not for sure, because it's a guess. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, it's not certain. Right. Um, uh, any other questions? I see you typing, Crash Danger. You know what? I'll, I'll add one while he's typing. Um Sure. What ships do we think are coming out with 319 or for Invictus? What do we think? Let's go with Invictus. What do we think we're going to see for Invictus? Yeah. It's new. Good question. And and I mean, there's a lot of rumors too. check off. Do you have any thoughts for what's going to, what's going to pop up for Invictus? Mm. No, not, not really. I, no, not sure. I mean, I'll I think it it's a pretty. Yeah, I think it's a pretty safe bet. We're going to see a ship called the Misk Fury. Um, you know, there's talk of that. That uh, on is it a fighter? What is it? We don't know. I'm guessing it's a. I'm guessing it's some sort of combat oriented ship. Although there's a lot of rumor around what it could be. Uh, I think the uh, the other thing that we heard was that something else is coming out from um who is it uh Aegis, right? That there's a empty Aegis hollow. Yeah, interesting. Um, so there's probably that. Uh th- they also mentioned one that sounds like it could be from Gatak. I don't think that will come out for Fleet Week. I think that'll come out for Alien Week. Um which is soon after Fleet Week, isn't it? Like a week or two yeah, after it is. What about the so, Vulcan or the um, what's the refinery ship, right? Because the refinery ship was talked about yeah. relatively early on, and they're like the expanse. Uh, yeah, the expanse. Both of those are medium. They're medium sized, um, toward or even towards a smaller end, and they don't. I don't, I don't know that they have any unique technology technology on them for the game. Refinery is pretty well known. Yeah, but right. they want to have a game. They, I think they want to have like a mini game for refining so that you can b- refine well or refine poorly. Okay. Yeah. 
the Vulcan is still cargo, fuel, which we know they can do, and and repair. Um, I don't know. I don't think does it have drones or anything? Do we know? Uh, yeah, the Vulcan the has drones. That's how it does. That's how it okay. does what it does. So that probably means we're not going to see that. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think we're going to see either of those. I, I think we'll see the expanse relatively soon, like maybe this year mm-hmm. or early next year. <clears throat> yeah. I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see relatively soon also the Liberator, because with Pyro coming out, you're going to need a way to yeah. get those fighters from one place to another. It might not well, be even before in... Pyro, but it'll be early. It'll be soon. Yeah, and, and you're right. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. The Expanse is not even a military ship, so that's definitely not going to be there. Um, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I'm sure, you know... The Vulcan I, would be I, I a good we'll one to see. Yeah, Vulcan Oh, the other be... thing is... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, if they did the Vulcan and they had drones of any type, that would open up a couple ships. The Carrick has drones. Mm-hmm. Um, the Reclaimer has drones, right? Yep. So... Those would the, all be uh, good. We're also supposed to see, I think, a ground vehicle, supposedly, like an, another tumbrel vehicle. Yeah. Which That'd be might cool. be combat-oriented. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Crash Danger asks, what do you think the rollout of the ship resource system will be like? <clears throat> will all ships get it th- at the same time, or will it be gradually added to different ships? What do you think, Chekhov? I think it'll be gradually added. Okay. Seeger? I think it'll be the uh, gold standard. But I think a certain group of ships that have recently come out, let's say in the last six months, you know, maybe this year, maybe this, let's say this year, uh, Mm -hmm. will probably be quickly upgraded to it because they were probably considered, that was probably considered in their building process. Um, and I think we're going to see some of the standard, you know, common ships, the Connie's, for example, or the Reclaimer or whatever, get placeholders. Yeah. You know what I'm we curious. haven't seen is the uh, oh, go ahead. thinking of that is one of the gold ships that could be coming out as gold scan- standard is the um, Retaliator because they were rebuilt. They were reworking that. Yeah, we haven't even heard much from about that. I wonder when when we will hear more. And that, that is front. your that is your you know essential military ship, right? Multiplayer. Yeah. Be a good one to see some engineering play on. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, I I think well, supposedly, and you know, they may have changed their minds on this because we haven't heard much from it in a while. But at least when it comes to, if you're thinking about the resource management system with regards to power routing and and the f- sort of like the fuses right. or breakers, right. whatever it's called, supposedly the uh, test bed for that is going to be the um, hammerhead. And we've seen what that looks like conceptually. I don't know why the hammerhead is was identified as that ship, maybe because of the fact that it's kind of, it's large, but not enormous. Right. Um, maybe because it's one level. 
I'm not sure. But then you look at a, a lot of the modern ships, and I'm not saying as new as some of the ones that you were saying, but like you look at some of the newer ships, I, it stands out to me because I'm always on it. It's not because I favor it so much, but the Carrick has a lot of boxes yeah. that look like they could be where you would route power, you know? Uh, so yeah. uh, they may they may do some of the larger ships like that uh, first. It'll definitely be multi-crew ships. I bet you ships like the Connie won't have it right away because they weren't thinking about it when they built it. Right. Uh, but they may I imagine the freelancer it. might, though. Yeah. Since they're reworking the, the component one? areas. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because that's what they're currently that. working okay. on. They're working on the, mm-hmm. they're working on the component areas for it. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on what they actually roll out, you know. Right. Right. Because it might just be power management first, or who knows? They might roll out all of resource management. I I doubt it, but I think it will initially be power management. Um. And then Tukey said, not sure about uh, 319, but we need updated bounty hunting ships. uh, Tukey, do you mean new ships or updates to the bounty hunting ships? Tukey? I think you should invite him (laughs) to the stage. Uh, He said both, please. He said both, please. Um, (laughs) Excellent. Any... What's that, Seager? No, I just laughed. Oh. Any uh, any final questions before we wrap this bad boy up? Alrighty. Thank you all for joining us, by the way. Yeah, thank you everybody for joining us. Yeah. Not everyone's still in the in the podcast, while uh, you know, but many stayed throughout. Um, it, it, I can't believe we've gotten this far so far for such a fledgling idea that Chekhov and I once had. Yeah, this um, was fun. But, you know, one thanks, day, guys. one day we said, I said to Chekhov, I've always wanted to do a podcast, and Chekhov said, "You know what? We could do a Star Citizen podcast." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, That's how it started, uh, and then we did it. <laughs> we were bored, and then you know, I think the only reason uh, there's two reasons why we've been able to keep it going. One is. Um, technology made it somewhat easy to to produce and create relatively quickly but the main reason is all of you guys so thank everyone so much for yep. uh being a part of this yep. um Thanks, any final guys. thoughts uh from anybody before we wrap up i know seaguard you like to jump in there last second <laughs> yep i've just seen the guys say thank you you know we appreciate your support, guys. We love doing it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, thank you for jumping in because, uh, you know, the more the merrier, and we couldn't have done it without you. It's you. very tough to be consistent and stay on these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> truthfully, Seagard, you are our most consistent person. If, if, you, if you were the one uh, doing the recording stuff, we would have one every week. Almost, just, almost definitely. You had to show me how to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, everybody uh, who's listening, thank you so much for um, uh, listening. If you have any questions, uh, thoughts, comments, things you did for science, uh, 
feel free to email us at citizencastsc at gmail.com. We have a Twitter handle that you could DM at citizencastsc. Uh, You could submit a message through our Spotify for Podcasters link. uh, Or, of course, you could join and interact with us on our Discord, uh, which is where we're recording today. And uh, we'll probably do this again for future live recordings. Um, Last but not least, you can text or leave a voicemail on our Google Voice number. And that number is 646-783-8154. All the links for those and info is in the show notes. And, of course... Um, as we mention every week, if you're looking for a crew, you need an org, you're trying to find some people to play with, whether you're a solo player but occasionally want to chat, or you're looking to join a, a community, uh, come over to Parlay House. It's a neutral zone for all types of players uh, to hang out, socialize, and enjoy the game. Uh, link to our Discord can be found in the show notes. Uh, and, and please check out friends of the show who are content creators, uh, Earth, Snorkel, Undead P- Parrot, and I think Gothic's gotten into the uh, uh, YouTube game too, so I'll throw his link in there. He's been posting yeah. some of our um, excursions as of late. Uh, and of course, Admiral Cody and Calibri, who created uh, m- most of the music you hear in this episode, as well as Star Citizen-inspired uh, soundtracks. Uh, uh, links for their music is found below. Um, then we have our friends of the show from Star Jump, Jump uh, Grim and VMZO, uh, who created Fleet Viewer. And then they also have a lot of regular t- Twitch streams and YouTube content as well. Uh, that wraps up our hundredth, hundredth episode of Citizen Cast. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Congratulations, we'll see you, you guys. Week. All right. I thought I'd go with the old school. Yeah, the, uh, the intro was very cool. Surprised we didn't come up with a clip with the sex names on it. Porn industry names? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm at it. Oh, that's that's too short. I'm just going to do our normal outro. Then. <laughs> that's very loud. Oh, sorry. Episode 300. Yeah. Yes. Someday. Chandel, you'll be in the next story. I forget you guys all <laughs> in the next story. That's right. Or it's going to be our counselor in the military school. Government adventure officer. some reason I'm not super chatty right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Apparently I can't play two sounds at once or else I would play that guy screaming again. But maybe I'll just play it after the outro. I like it, Orrit. I like it. Tell me, tell me how you feel about that and tell me how you really feel. <laughs>